Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this important podcast today. Yesterday, Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law legislation that puts the state of Florida in charge of a reconstituted body known as the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Positioned at a firehouse down the way from Disney Springs, the governor put into law this legislation. It occurred on the same day his new book came out, The Courage to be Free, Florida's Blueprint for America's Revival. Now called the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District, it still functions like a county government and takes care of things like roads, construction permits, fire services, building codes, water and waste collection, among other infrastructure concerns. But in this instance, it will be led by individuals the governor has chosen to put in place rather than those elected by its district namely the Walt Disney Company. Why does this matter? And what are the consequences? Moreover, what message is it sending to Disney, fans, and importantly, the citizens of the state of Florida? We will look at how all this came to be, and importantly, why the state of Florida should probably not be in charge of Reedy Creek. This podcast, as well as others, are brought to you by Performance Journeys, which celebrates its 20th year as a training and development group, bringing best in business ideas through keynotes, workshops, seminars, and amazing benchmarking programs to organizations in the public, private, nonprofit sectors. In fact, I find all of this ironic because when I left Disney, as you probably heard in previous podcasts recently, I left to go address issues in the public sector, particularly in the federal arena. And so I feel very strongly over a couple of decades of working very closely with government agencies about certain issues, and they're going to come out as part of this. But at the heart of what I am going to talk about today, please understand that the politics, well, that the podcast and the website here, it seeks to be nonpartisan. I have great faith in the ability of good government to do its duty, but politics seldom, if ever, supports good governance. In that regard, I have issues. I also have issues with organizations, namely Disney, that does that do not act on their values. And in fact, one of the great things about what I love about this podcast is I'm not beholden to saying things that, oh, Disney is all great, because Disney is not all great. I'm not here to get a pass to the next next press event. I've done that, been there, I've even hosted the press event. But that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to talk about messages that I think individuals and organizations can apply back home to their own situation. And I hope that you could see that through here. I am passionate, but I'm passionate about good governance. I'm passionate about acting on your values. And I hope that whatever passion you see today is demonstrated around those themes and not around the craziness of politics. If you're to understand the Reedy Creek Improvement District, then you're gonna have to back up to its origins. So allow me to talk a little bit about how we got to where we are today. 
You'll recall, and many know, that the Osceola, or the uh, Orlando Sentinel, through Emily Bavar, put out an article that stated that all that land being purchased by someone was Disney. Well, that moment, that announcement, when it came out, it happened to be that, that um, Fowler and Potter, who would ultimately be in charge of getting all of this going, they happened to be in Orlando, and it was they who saw this article first and called Burbank early in the morning that day to say, hey, they have announced that it is Disney. They thought quickly about how Disney should respond to this, and they determined that they would seek out Governor Burns, who was also reaching out now by at this point, Disney, and saying, hey, I'm reading this. Is it true? I We really ought to be the first to know. Governor Burns at that point was a Democrat. Um, they had gone through since, I think, 1880, Democrats solidly in government in the state of Florida. He was thrilled with Disney coming to Florida. Moreover, he had an important conference. He was... Um, addressing down in Miami, and Disney gave Burns the right to formally be the one to announce Disney's arrival. And uh, and that announcement came with a great deal of applause. People were very excited that the one person coming to Florida would be Disney, bringing all that would come with that. And uh, that was a pretty exciting, exciting moment. Now, Project Future, the inside story behind the creation of Disney World by Chad Denver Emerson. I want to note a couple of things he shares in this. Because it wasn't very long after the announcement, they realized they were going to have to clear some political and legal uh, hoops in order to make this thing work. In it, he says, um, in 1960. Five, Florida counties maintained a great deal of power primarily because of their taxing authority. Disney officials briefly discussed the idea of creating the company's own county. However, after researching the legal requirements, they decided such an effort would be nearly impossible. Paul Hellowell's recommendation that Disney establish its own municipality continued as the primary regulatory strategy until attorneys Foster and DeWolf collaborated on the idea of utilizing Florida's existing special district law to create an improvement district. By the way, as I'll probably mention again, there are many scores, scores if not hundreds, of improvement districts. This is not unique. Disney isn't the only one who has a special improvement district. This is a frequently occurring thing, particularly in the state of Florida. The improvement district would represent a win-win for both the country and the counties. Disney could retain more control over the project than a municipality would provide, and Orange and Osceola counties would avoid the cost of installing the massive infrastructure the project would require. Ultimately, the improvement district um, would absorb the financial burden of the project while the county governments would realize the financial benefit of increased values in land surrounding the Disney site. Please understand, end of quote here, um, 
please understand, Orange County was small and Osceola County was much smaller. These, these organizations were in no way able to create the infrastructure Disney needed in order to open up and, and make this happen. The challenge is, is well, well, the, the, the good news is, is with a special district, the district would have to pay attention to the citizens of that district. The citizen of that district would be Disney. It would be the, the citizen, and they would have to pay attention to Disney. But at the same time, Disney would be the one responsible for pretty much paying for a great deal of everything going on here. Um, in one of uh, Walt's uh, statements, he said, you know, I he was frankly overwhelmed um, by the idea of putting out $100,000 in order to just get this resort up and running um, to, to make it work. And so... Um, so it was, it was, uh, and by the way, it cost 400 million by the time they opened on opening day. So, um, they kind of started looking at how this could work. And this seemed to be the approach, um, uh, they would take. They also had to continue working with, um, Osceola and Orange Counties. Uh, Disney requested that they be taxed as an agricultural site until opening. Um, Potter needed to start moving the land um, before even legislation was put in for an imp the final improvement district. The Reedy Creek Drainage District was approved so they could start work on construction. In the process of all this, a couple of things occurred. Uh, the governor was voted out and a new governor the first Republican governor in nearly 100 years was put in place. At the same time, on December 15th of 1966, Walt Disney dies. And so all of a sudden, all this announcement, everything that had been put in place seemed at question. Roy Disney insisted that they were going to go through with this project and they were going to make it happen. Um, in his words, we're going to finish this park and we're going to do it just the way Walt wanted it. Don't you ever forget it. I want every one of you to do just exactly what you were going to do when Walt was alive. Those were his instructions to his executives and to everyone who was part of what was then Walt Disney Productions. Walt's last film that he appeared in was a film that he created that was shown months later in Winter Park at a theater there. In that moment, the new governor attends and everybody gets excited as they see Walt Disney explain what he wants to do, particularly with this thing called Epcot, which was actually intended to be a new community. The legislature eventually approves the Reedy Creek uh, legislation and, and it goes forward. And it has served um, both the state and it has served the citizens and it served the Walt Disney Company for decades since. Um, 
Was that the legislature's right effort? Well, you know, it remains to be seen. Stating from the book, it says, quote, The Florida legislature's decision to create the district demonstrated a willingness to engage in novel regulatory strategies to secure the Disney project. This action leads to another important question. Was the legislature's decision to privatize much of the governing authority within Reedy Creek a wise one? To fully answer the question, one must first consider the state of rural Orange and Osceola counties prior to Disney's Florida project. This gives context to the massive change the project would bring. The first issue is whether the large-scale development of the area was inevitable or whether it was uniquely provoked by the Disney effort. If the answer is the former, then Disney's effect in the region is not nearly as significant as if the latter were true. If Disney had not developed, it would have been someone else. However, if the answer is the latter, that the development was uniquely provoked by Disney, then there's little doubt that the Disney project caused a massive change in this area that otherwise would not have occurred. As one commentator explained, quote, that area had fewer than 370,000 residents then, and they were making their unremarkable living mainly from the land, raising cattle, growing oranges, building small subdivisions. A few folks were selling pecan logs and painted coconut heads to tourists passing on their, ways to, on their way to beaches east and west. Maybe those visitors would detour to, pay, to play golf or take photos of the water skiing acts and lovely flowers at Cypress Gardens, but they didn't have much reason to make Orlando their destination. End of quote. I make this statement to say, look, at the end of the day, Disney did change, for good or bad, the state of Florida. And to make it succeed and to make it work, and at the request of Roy Disney in particular, they did create a special district to make that work and to succeed. Without it, Disney probably would not have continued. In fact, just purchasing that land, Disney could have resold all the land it purchased, came out with a gr pretty good um, profit from it, and moved on with other projects. They could have, from that profit, probably built something else s somewhere else. But they didn't. They built here in Orlando. And to make that happen, the Reedy Creek Improvement District was created. That has gone on for decades and has been a successful model by which a public organization could take care of a particular private organization's needs. Now, what happened? Where did it all go south, so to speak? Well, the answers to that actually come from Ron DeSantis's new book, the Courage to be Free, Florida's Blueprint for America's Revival. In it, the governor writes about this controversy around proposed legislation known by many as the Don't Say Gay Bill. 
Bob Chapek, then the CEO of Disney, called him and talked to him about the pressure he was getting to speak out against the legislation. Quote, as the con- from, and this is DeSantis writing, quote, as the controversy over the parental rights in education bill was coming to a head, Chapek called me. He did not want Disney to get involved, but he was getting a lot of pressure to weigh in against the bill. End of quote. According to this book, Chapek told the governor, quote, we get pressured all the time, but this time is different. I haven't seen anything like this before. End of quote. I'm, I'm, by the way, speaking from deadline. As the bill was making its way through the state legislature last March, many Disney employees were upset that the company was not speaking out against it. Chapek eventually reversed himself and did, and disclosed that he had talked to DeSantis. Chapek told shareholders that he called, quote, to express our disappointment and concern that if the legislation becomes law, it could be used to unfairly target gay, lesbian, non-binary, and transgender kids and families, end of quote. DeSantis said that he warned Chapek in the call that if the company got involved, quote, people like me will say, gee, how come Disney has never said anything about China, where they make a fortune, end of quote. He said that he told Chapek that while the company would face, quote, 48 hours of outrage, when the bill was passed and then when he signed it, the furor would dissipate. After DeSantis signed the bill, Disney then sent out a statement in which it said, quote, Our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts, and we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that, end of quote. Well, from there, DeSantis decided to, quote-unquote, get even. And that getting even meant affecting the Reedy Creek Improvement District. And so, to that end, DeSantis has taken every means possible to change that district and its impact on Disney. And so, that's how we've gotten to this situation. Now, in a statement Disney stated a couple of weeks ago, quote, for more than 50 years, the Reedy Creek Improvement District has operated at the highest standards, and we appreciate all that the district has done to help our destination grow and become one of the largest economic contributors and employers in the state. End of quote. Walt Disney World President Jeff Valley said in a statement, quote, we are focused on the future and ready to work within this new framework, end of quote. What that means is not certain. What is stated implicitly in this is, first of all, you don't see a quotation from the CEO of the company. You see one from Walt Disney World President Jeff Valley, not even Josh Demarrow. It is a statement from them. Other than that, it is a there is no comment there is no commentary that we will continue to um, address this uh, don't say gay bill or the effects of that. There is no commentary in that. And, uh, and frankly, you look at the situation with 
this conversation between Bob Chapek. You don't sense Bob Chapek felt strongly about human rights. He felt strongly about the pressure being put on him. That pressure, by the way, was added in part by the fact that Bob Iger came out vocally against the bill at around the same time Disney was waffling back and forth on the matter. And so when somebody like the CEO is showing more concern about the pressure put on him than on the actual bill itself, you lack integrity. And for a politician like Ron DeSantis, he's going to take advantage of that. And he did. And that's how we've gotten to this state uh, or into this situation. Now, in my opinion, Reedy Creek should not be ran by the state of Florida. Picking and legislating against corporations for their beliefs is not good governance. And in fact, whether or not Disney feels strongly or doesn't feel strongly, whether any organization feels strongly or not strongly about a particular law or a particular issue, or in this case, a human rights matter, legislatures and governments should not come against an organization and, and do them wrong. There are scores of tax districts, and yet Disney is being singled out in this situation. It is clear that Disney is being singled out. When you look back on it, the Reedy Creek Improvement District has done nothing unlawful during its 50 plus years of doing its job. I mean, they have done what they were supposed to do and they have done it fairly well. They have served the purpose in which it was created. They got a resort open and they've continued handling the needs of that resort. I know from my own experience that there is much good that can be benchmarked from the Reedy Creek Improvement District. I say that because a number of years ago, I think it was 2017, I brought a whole team of individuals in government in Singapore who wanted to benchmark best practices in governance. And one of the things we did was visit the Reedy Creek Improvement District. We sat in their offices, we heard their presentation, they took questions and answers, and those people dealing with governance in Singapore were impressed by what was going on at the Reedy Creek Improvement District and how they worked to do what they were mandated to do by law. There has been nothing unlawful that Reedy Creek has done. They have done their job the way they're supposed to. And a corporation, i.e. Disney, expressing themselves should not be legislated against. So this whole thing of picking against a corporation politi for political purposes is not good governance. That's not right, and it shouldn't happen. The second thing, and the second reason why I think Reedy Creek should not be ran by the state of Florida is that the state of Florida and its government entities, frankly, need to look at themselves first. Let's take an experience at Disney. I myself am at the Magic Kingdom. I leave the parking lot and I drive down World Drive. I drive down World Drive to get to I-4 or maybe 192. Let's start with State Road 192. 
and I decide that I'm going to make a right and go toward West 192. The minute I turn off of World Drive, in fact, it may not be the minute I turn off World Drive. It actually may be well before I even get to the turnoff because the traffic is so backed up on West 192 that for the most part, it just continues that every day. Now, who is in charge of State Road 192? If they're concerned, then they ought to go fix their own roads. If I were to turn left and head toward I-4, guess what I get? I get the same experience. I get the same experience um, because the road between, the road between um, uh, on I-4 between 192 and 535, which is the other end of Walt Disney World, is often packed with traffic. And they have done very little to really address the roads. Now, admittedly, they are starting to do some things. And in downtown Orlando, they've done a great job of improving I-4 there. It eventually may work its way. But, but again, it's the job of government to pay attention to roads, to infrastructure, to schools, where it is reported that we uh, spend less money on education than any other state in the union on issues and community concerns such as homelessness, that is where Orange and Osceola County needs to be focused. That is where the state of Florida needs to be focused. That's where the U.S. government needs to be focused, on these kinds of issues, not on a particular organization. Let me give you a different example of why I think... Um, the state of Florida and its government entities need to look at themselves. There's lots of, and by the way, when DeSantis came out today, or came out yesterday in his um, presentation, you know, he said, well, there's, um, uh, there's a new sheriff in town and, um, and basically suggested that Disney isn't going to get any special privileges anybody else gets in this town and at its surface that should be right disney should not get any special privileges compared to others but at the same time disney came into this town when no other entity could even support disney and so it paid a dear price to get opened and it deserves to have the structure it does now let me go to the example way back not long after universal and disney mgm studios opened abc news did um did a very um well abc took hits at at disney now that sounds really funny because doesn't disney own abc yes it does but this came long after or well after this little um newsline um, report came out. And one of the things it charged was that it Disney MGM Studios was able to open a year earlier than Universal because in getting its building permits and getting its utility support and everything else, it only had to go through Reedy Creek Improvement District. And Reedy Creek Improvement District um, it responded um, like that. Universal, on the other hand, had to go through the traditional 
um, route of going through the county and 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 other public or other government agencies in order to get its permits and all of its um, um, all of its requirements met. Now, in that news article, ABC was saying hey, Disney's got it unfair because they've got their own improvement district. No, what's what if you really look at that instance? What you're really saying is is that the Reedy Creek Improvement District had done a good job of being focused on serving those in need. Meanwhile, Orange County or the city of Orlando or the state of Florida was slow and bureaucratic when it came to dealing with Universal and its opening. In truth, by the way, there are many privileges and tax privileges and whatnot that other tourism entities, including Universal and SeaWorld and so forth, get in this or in this town. There is not a there are special privileges meted out to or big organizations throughout this state. This is not a new thing. And but notwithstanding, the point of this is this. The state of Florida and other government agencies need to look first at themselves and improving themselves before they look at running everything else around them. Now, economically, I also want to say that there is no long-term benefit to having uh, Florida, the state of Florida run the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Um, even, um, well, first of all, state representative, representative Anna Escamani, a Democrat of Orlando, issued a statement. She said, um, while Disney still remains, um, while the, well, she said, while the district's leadership has changed, most of its special powers remain intact. Quote, Disney still maintains the same tax breaks, but their First Amendment rights have been suppressed, and it sends a message to any private individual or company that if you don't purport to what the government governor wants, then you will be punished, end of quote, she said. Conversely, though, former Vice President Pence, Republican, said, quote, going after their taxing authority, that was beyond the scope of what I, as a conservative, limited government Republican, would be prepared to do, end of quote. Republicans, as well as Democrats, have all said, this is not, this is not smart, and this is not, this is not in the best interest of the state um, to do this. Moreover, the governor has put in new people to be in charge of this district, this five-member board. And it's very, well, let's just read what the Orlando Sentinel listed about these people. Martin Garcia, a Tampa lawyer, will serve as a chairman. Through his Pine Hill Capital Partners investment firm, he has donated $260,000 to political campaigns in Florida, including $53,000 to DeSantis and $25,000 to the Republican Party of Florida. He chaired Pam Bondi's successful run for attorney general in 2010. Pam Bondi is a Republican. Garcia's name also came up during a trial over DeSantis' ouster of Democratic Hillsborough County State Attorney General Andrew Warren, Larry Keefe, the governor's public safety czar, 
testified he consulted with Garcia and others as part of the push to take on, quote, woke prosecutors, the Tampa Bay Times reported. He's referencing, um, um, he's referencing another member of the, um, of the, um, of the board. Then he goes on, then the article goes on to say, um, Ron Perry, CEO of the Gathering USA ministry and a Windermere resident, has defended Christian nationalism in his lectures. Perry said he views America as being defined by Christianity and that God has blessed America above all other nations. I don't see it. That's fine with me. I don't see anything wrong with that being part of why um, that has nothing to do with, with somebody being put in charge of an agency that is at the heart of tourism in this community. Um, it goes on to say, um, um, to, to, to Bridget um, Ziegler, a Sarasota County School board member, is the wife of Christian Ziegler, the newly elected chairman of the Republican Party of Florida. Ziegler co-founded Moms for Liberty, an education group that has called for book banning in public schools. She backed legislation by critics as the don't say gay bill. any rate, all these individuals have been put in. Um, I understand if you want to put in individuals who have not had direct ties with Disney or with other tourism agencies in recent years, but you need to put in people who understand the business of tourism. And this is a major economic driver in this area. In fact, it is for the entire state. And so putting in people that really have more political or have different beliefs than maybe Disney as a corporation has put forward isn't helping anything, isn't, isn't moving forward the economy of this state. And it's a very confusing thing. So between the fact that economically there is no long-term benefit, that essentially the state of Florida is just picking on Disney because it doesn't align with their beliefs and because frankly the state of Florida and its government entities need to look at their own selves. Those are the reasons why Reedy Creek should not be ran by the state of Florida. Here are my messages at the end of all of this. Again, my podcast and website seeks to be nonpartisan. I have great faith in the ability of good government to do its duty, but politics seldom, if ever, supports good governance. So in that regard, I've got issues. I've also got issues with organizations that do not act on their values. Good governance matters. To that end, Government needs to be better at doing what it's already responsible for, not taking on what it simply wants to for political expediency. Second, no one in all this discussion is focused on providing better roads, better housing, better schools, much less taking care of those who are less fortunate and those who are in need. Third, government should be responsive to all those they serve. Politicians are not above that, nor should they substitute good governance for their own political agenda. In essence, good governance matters. 
Second major issue I want to make here, the second point I want to drive home, all organizations, and this could be your organization as well. It could be you as well. All organizations in the public, private, or nonprofit arena should be value-centered. They should be based on standards. People should live according to what they value. Otherwise, they lack integrity and they look disingenuous. You lack integrity when, as in this case with Chapek, you address a human rights issue only because everyone is pressuring you to do so. You lack integrity, and this is an instance with Bob Iger and before him, Michael Eisner. You lack integrity when you claim human rights are important, but you take massive multi-million salaries that are a thousand times the amount your frontline workers make. You have a right to do that. Shareholders have a right to vote you in to do that. But you lack integrity to really being able to talk about human rights when you haven't focused on, and by the way, Disney has done some great things for improving salary, improving compensation, improving educational opportunities, but it is still, it is still a small amount compared to what C-suite employees are making, C-suite executives are making. Third, you lack integrity when you use politics to further your political career. And that is what Ron DeSantis has done throughout all of this. Now, that said, finally, whether or not they exercise integrity, people ha and organizations still have a right to respond to issues that affect their affairs, that affect their employees, that affect their communities, and not be legally punished for their views. Those are my key messages. Good governance matters and that people and organizations should be value-centered. Well, that does it for this Disney at Play, Disney at Work podcast. I appreciate you joining me. I hope you can appreciate that. Well, I would have liked to have done a podcast today on the 40th anniversary of the journey into imagination and all things figment, but I felt that this was a pressing issue that needed to be addressed and put forward. And I feel like these issues, well, that's what I do as a living, helping organizations be better at living up to their values and, and in providing good governments or good service to their customers. That's what I do. So I feel strongly about it. I feel impassioned by it. And I hope you do too. And I hope that's part of why you listen to this podcast. If you like this and other podcasts, please go online and give us a positive rating or possibly a positive review. It helps to move forward the littlest podcasts that could. At the end of the day, wherever you are, in what agency, organization, public, private, nonprofit, the important thing is, is as, they, as we have said at the end of every one of these podcasts, always follow the compass of your heart. Thanks. We'll see you real soon.